Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is Sports Rage. I am Ramsey. The first players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. We're kicking it. Throwing it down, Sunday, bloody Sunday, live from Los Angeles. We back in black, back in our studio on Monday. God willing, you can never predict the future, and um, especially with me, something always happens. And uh, we've had uh, we've had a few little mini adventures over the last uh, couple of days. But all things considering, all things considering, we've gotten by all right. We've gotten by all right. We um, whatever. Whenever you're on the road, whenever you're doing something like this. You got to sort of expect the worst, right? And weird things have happened time and time again. I've had a lot of, uh, this is going to be a shock, but I've had cell phone issues. I keep getting knocked off of like Wi-Fi networks. I'm actually kind of sympathizing with some of our guests, then, Matthias. I'm always like, what the hell, man? Why? Like, like it happened no, to dude, me today. You know what? That's been a weekend thing that actually happened to me and my friends and my sister. Really? Yeah. Were hanging out with me. Yeah, it was last night. We were complaining about that, actually. Yeah. Literally. Everybody was Someone told me it was the heat today. They're like, it's so hot that, I don't know, that the wire, I don't know. Like, so, yeah, you too. Hey, yeah. Like, dude, I was in an Uber today, bro. Like, I got out of the Uber and I have no Wi Fi. So, like, basically, like, I can't, like, get back because suddenly, you know what I mean? Like, I kept, like, it happened to me, like, three or four times, man. Like, where I was getting knocked off of the network, whatever. And I'm in Ubers. I couldn't call after. And then I tried calling someone. And then I just couldn't get through. Like, I, it wouldn't, like, I would ring and it just would hang up right away. Like, as soon as I would start ringing. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I brought it up to somebody. And they told me, yeah, somebody else was complaining to them about it. Um, so I guess uh, you're telling me the same thing. So I guess I'm not the only one. I hate that stuff, bro. It's frustrating. Like it happened to me at Dodger Stadium last night. I kept getting knocked off. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's so funny. Cause I tried like to I try to post a video, bro. Like it takes, it's so annoying, bro. Like I'm just trying to post a little 30 second video from the game. Turns into like an hour and a half thing. It sucks the data, the juice out of your phone. You know what I mean? Like. Everything like it's 2022. Like these phones really should be better than they are. And all this, like, um, like I said, we're so reliant on these stupid towers and Wi-Fi now that if you're screwed, like I'm always in fear now all the time. I'm like, oh, my hope I'm roaming. My Wi-Fi is working. Otherwise, I'm screwed. It's like, how the hell am I going to get out of here? There's no taxis anymore either, Matthias. It's one thing too. L.A. is a bad taxi town too. It's never been a good taxi town, L.A. It used to be a little better. Now there just are none. Like the, there's really like not a lot of taxis in Los Angeles. It's like the complete opposite of New York. 
you know, New York, Toronto, there's taxis everywhere. Montreal, East Coast, like, there's taxis, like, everywhere. Here, it's, it's like, it's just, it doesn't, you know, you got to call, and it takes, like, an hour and stuff like that. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, no, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, when I lived in Hawaii for, you know, 12 years, I literally went through the process of, because there was yellow cab service all around Hawaii and Honolulu, you know, my whole young adult life in my early stages. And, you know, from 27 to 32, like, no more yellow cabs anywhere on the island. It's all Uber. So, literally, crazy. I saw best of both worlds, man. It used to be yellow cab central just like Vegas. Yeah, I like it. You just stumble out of the bar and there's a row of taxis waiting for you and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like... Like now you gotta wait all the time. Everything's kids. I get it, but that's my old deal. Like in the morning, I'm like, all right, it's gonna be like five in the morning, man. Like, how long is this Uber guy gonna take to show up? Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, the busters, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. What a wild weekend of baseball it was, huh? Rivalry weekend. Los Angeles Dodgers sent a message to the Friars that, yeah, you got Juan Soto. Good for you. Good for you. Right? It's like Don Sutton told me when I told him I was the host of the postgame show. Good for you. Um, the Dodgers did a good for you moment to San Diego. The New York Mets did a, hey, you know what? They gave the, uh, the old New York... Uh, New York salute to to Atlanta winning four or five uh, this week, and the New York Yankees got smashed with a baseball bat in the Midwest by the St. Louis Cardinals. The Yankees have now lost five in a row. The Dodgers are rolling. Um, Dodgers rolling, big time series. San Diego right now. Manny Machado said after there's no reason to panic and it's not the end of the world that they got swept. Um, this and it isn't. It is true, but it's a big series uh, for the Friars right now coming up against uh, the Giants, man. Right, you know the Giants might not be as good as they were last year. They're still a dangerous team. You still the Giants are still a team. You just don't want to play. And I think the only thing that's good for San Diego right now is basically this. And you got Juan Soto. Juan Soto's not having a great year though. That's another thing too, right? It's not, it's not like Juan Soto's having a great year right now. But you've got you know you've got Soto. You're going to need Tatis eventually, right? Just going to be back. And I don't think Milwaukee are great actually. Yeah, we always we don't get into it with our guests, but we always disagree with our guests when they talk about oh Milwaukee and their pitching and this and that. I'm like, come on, man, we've been hearing this every year and they don't do anything, right? They you know they're a good regular season team, they were, but then Milwaukee aren't even as good as they were. So uh, we got NFL preseason football. We're back on Thursday. Uh, we're gonna get in on this, man. The Ravens are laying four points right now. They never lose in a preseason. The Ravens haven't lost a preseason game since 2015. It's freaking crazy, man. Like, these guys just racking up the wins, right? Racket, racking up the wins. Once there wasn't the preseason, too. So that's why it's, like, so long. The football is back. We got in on the Browns. We'll isolate more win totals uh, for you. We are on the Dolphins over eight and a half. Ian Cameron, AK Battle, joins us next. This is Portridge. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, 
and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Sunday, bloody Sunday. All right, hopefully we can uh, figure out uh, what's going on here with Babano. This is the, uh, we're obviously, bro, we've already had issues here tonight, huh? So, (laughs) come on, man. (laughs) Like, after all this, like, really? Like, we're already down. All of our guests that normally join us on Sunday are out, and now suddenly we've got an issue here. Um, less than impressed here uh, right now. But I guess nothing, uh, like I said earlier, always expect the worst, right? Always expect the worst. Sunday, bloody Sunday. We don't call it Sunday, bloody Sunday for nothing. We don't we don't call it uh, Sunday Bloody Sunday for nothing. Shout out to our boy Steel City Steve, uh, who's uh, kicking it uh, with us right now in Pittsburgh as well. So big weekend of baseball, a uh, big weekend of baseball uh, this week. And I'll tell you what too, like um, baseball gets criticized quite often, right? Whatever Rob Manfred does, this and that, it's never going to be good. And you know, listen, they bring a lot of it upon themselves. There's no no one's going to dispute this. But at the same point in time, I think, you know, baseball as a whole, it's having a great season. They're having baseball's having a great year. And and I think they deserve credit. You know what I mean? Like put it this way. Like Jeremy, you know, when the All-Star game was on, everyone was like, oh, the All-Star ratings weren't as high as they were from a couple of years ago. It's like, yeah, they were still higher than every other All-Star game from every other major sport, right? Um, like you look at the attendance for Major League uh, Baseball. They've had a very, very, they've had a good week. They've had a good year. Um, you know, Dodger Stadium is packed. You look at what's going on in New York uh, with, with the Mets. You know, it's a lot of enthusiasm. You look at the games in San Diego. The stadium is packed. There's a lot of, like, you know, stadiums that are, you know, there's 40-plus, 45,000-plus people. Say, you know, Seattle, right? Toronto does very well. Like, basically, the moral is... And it's crazy that other teams don't see this, but it's very, very rare. Besides the Tampa Bay Rays, all right. Besides the Rays, even though the Rays don't, um, the Rays don't really spend money on free agents. Like the Rays don't really have stars, even though they have good players. But pretty much anywhere, the old "build it and they will come" thing is true. Right, like if you if you if you spend money and you get players, like you look at San Diego right now, like I hate to say this, but basically, like listen, I think the owner of 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 of, of, of the Padres is a great guy, but at the same point in time, 
Like, look at all the tickets that they're selling, right? Look at all the merchandise that they're selling. Like, they're making money even if they don't make the playoffs. They've sent a message, and people are going to the park, right? Like, it's very rare. Like I said, it's basically only Tampa, where, like, Tampa could be really good, and it doesn't matter. People just aren't going to go. They don't go. You know, what is it the stadium? Is it they just don't care about baseball? Whatever whatever the reason is, it's, it is what it is. Whatever the reasoning is. But, and I, I get it, it's all the stadium this, the stadium that, but still. Sometimes, you know what I mean? It's just certain, certain locations, businesses, restaurants that don't, you know, just can't succeed no matter what. And this, this is one of the instances. This is one of the instances here. But if you look and you spend money and you show enthusiasm, the city that you play in will respond. The city that you play in will will respond. Right? Like, dude, they're even starting to show up in Baltimore right now. Like, they're starting to show up to games in Baltimore. Uh, You know, the Dodgers, there was, it wasn't a complete sellout. I was there on Saturday night. It wasn't a complete sellout, but it pretty much, like, you know what? It was 52,000 people. I think there was probably, you know, like 800 seats or 700 seats. There's basically the top up top corner of of the first baseline, like the upper upper deck at the back end. So like the further seats in the house and that's in the sun, that side. So that side, you know, wasn't, that was the only pocket where there wasn't like an empty, you know, there wasn't an empty seat in the house besides in that little area. So 52,000 plus. There's enthusiasm. Listen, the Dodgers have always done well with their attendance, but they do even better now because they're really, really good, right? Because, you know, you have all these players. George Steinbrenner talked about it before in the past, right? They asked George Steinbrenner, like they said, hey, um, you know, why do you spend so much money on players? And, you know what I mean? Like, why do you, you know, do you need to spend all this much? And he actually said, yeah, I do. He said, we used to be, um, I used to not spend as much money on players and we used to have like basically 18 and 13,000 people in the stadium, right? And he brought up about how people in New York have a lot of different options, right? They have different, different, you know, they have different options for entertainment. And so that's what I'm saying. Like Yankee Stadium wasn't always packed like that, right? If, if you, you know, if, if you spend money, I saw it with the Blue Jays as well years ago. The Blue Jays, when they brought in Josh Donaldson and they had like, uh, who was it? The uh, R.A. Dickey, whatever. You remember it was about four or five years ago. The Blue Jays went on a, um, they went on the nice playoff runs. It was one the Royals won the World Series, actually. The Royals went on to win the World Series. It was in that little run. The Jays were going to the playoffs and stuff. They, they couldn't keep up with the, the jersey sales, literally and figuratively. Like, one of the guys that worked for the Toronto Blue Jays went on local Toronto radio and basically said about how they made more money. Said, we've made more money in the last four months than we did the last few years or whatever. They got mad at him for saying it publicly. But I think, like, the Blue, the Blue Jays made, I think, about $200 million in a couple of months, like, basically. Like, from, you know, August, September, October, like, an extra $200 million. And, like, they sold out every game. They sold out every piece of merchandise, like, that they could get their, you know, and people can get their hands on. Right? So, and and, and people responded. Right? People responded. Like, they, you know what I mean? So, you're seeing it now. Now, San Diego's got to back this thing up. 
I think they're going to be fine. I don't panic after these series. Whenever these teams play like a powerhouse and stuff, people always panic. Oh, my God, they got big problems. They got swept and stuff. I said the same thing about... You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Seattle, like, they run that big win streak. They come out of the break. They lose to the, you know what I mean? They're playing the Astros. Like, yeah, don't worry. They're not going to play the Astros every game the rest of the year. Right? They're going to have to deal with maybe to deal with the Astros in the playoffs. But but it's a big series for San Diego coming up against San Francisco right now. They've got to stop the bleeding, even though it seems, it appears like Milwaukee are starting to fade. I, you know, I, I always thought Milwaukee were a little overrated this year. I think Milwaukee were underrated in past years, but they've gone from being they've gone from being underrated to overrated essentially. Right? Like there's no more value with the Brew Crew. Like they're not, you know, does anyone really feel oh no no, the Brewers are fine. Like they're they're gonna dig down deep, they're gonna be fine. Nah, the Brew Crew got problems. They got problems, they're not the same team they were. They they don't hit, they don't have any pop. So, you know, in the bigger picture, I think the St. Louis Cardinals are probably going to win this division. And I don't think the Brew Crew are going to be the wild card. But still, still a very big series for San Diego against San Francisco. And you know what? It's a big series for San Francisco as well. Like, San Francisco are on the ropes right now. They're a lot like the Boston Red Sox. I think the Giants and the Red Sox are very similar. They were similar last year, actually, when they surprised everybody. Uh, playing the way that they did, and now they both sort of started off the season okay. But here it is with San Francisco right now. I don't really think they have anything left in the tank, but it's a big series for them too, right? Like if they stepped up and they, you know, they they had a big week here, they could play themselves sort of back into this thing. They're the ones on the ropes right now. The Marlins aren't doing it. The Marlins are ten and a half back. So the wild card picture basically: San Diego's a game and a half up on Milwaukee. And San Francisco are six and a half games back. So this is this is make it break it uh, for the San Francisco Giants this week. Late night anger management class. This is sports rage. I am Renzi. Vent your rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
Sunday, bloody Sunday. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci, the principal players, the hustlers, the people that bustle them, and everybody else in between kicking it. Let's do this thing. Ian Cameron steps up it in. A.K. Babano joining us on Sirius XM Channel 159 and Muddy or 1090 ESPN Radio as he does every Sunday and Wednesday. Babano, always a pleasure. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Gabe. I don't think I'm doing as well as you, though. You're in L.A. for a big Dodgers weekend series, the first home series after the passing of Vince Scully. I think it's great timing, and I hope you're having a good time there. The Dodgers uh, sent a message um, to San Diego over the weekend, uh, you know, post post uh, Juan Soto, uh, that, hey, listen, the Dodgers, we're still the team to beat, and we're still the best team in this division. When the Dodgers are playing their best baseball, they're they're – they're a great team, and I tell you what, there's an electric atmosphere at Chavez Ravine um, throughout the entire weekend for this series. Not quite playoff atmosphere. Like you know, I was there for the San Francisco Giant uh, series last year. That was as intense as anything I've ever been to any sporting event. This was more like party-like atmosphere. But Dodger fans really enjoyed it, uh, Babano, because they swept, they swept uh, San Diego, and they did it pretty convincingly as well. Yeah, they sure did. And uh, look, they've had great performances from Trey Turner all year and Freddie Freeman all year uh, in terms of their lineup. Uh, Mookie Betts, obviously. But when you look at now, all of a sudden, in this weekend series against the Padres, Max Muncy, who's had kind of a tough year, is starting to get going. Cody Bellinger had a really nice series at the plate. I mean, all a of a home sudden. runs tonight. Yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, you're seeing how one through nine, when Dodgers have everybody rolling at once as good a lineup as anybody in baseball can put out there, you know, on a nightly basis. And you're definitely seeing signs of that right now. I think they're starting pitching, you know, what they've gotten, I think from Tony Gonsolin this year has been magnificent. Same thing with Tyler Anderson, uh, the lefty who's been phenomenal, uh, Urias. And of course, Kershaw, the lineup's really good, you know, and they haven't even had Walker Bueller for uh, an extended period of time. So, you know, there's people that question the bullpen a little bit, especially the middle relief, but David Price has pitched well. Alex Vesey has pitched well. Craig Kimbrell's the the guy that's concerning to me, Gabe, a little bit at times. But Dodgers are as complete as it gets. Yeah, you know what? Every closer's concerning, though, isn't he? Right? Yeah. You know I mean? Like, Kimbrell's no more of a concern than anybody else. I think you're right about the middle relief, sort of the bridge, that sort of, you know, seventh, eighth inning. But they've been better. They've been better as of lately. And you know what? They bring um, they bring in Martin uh, from from the Braves. He, he's, been, uh, he's been solid uh, for them. Man, I got to tell you, it's a big, big weekend. Uh, it was a great weekend for baseball, all these rivalries at Babano. Playoffs are going to be off the hook. And that's the one thing, though, bro, with baseball. Regular season, but all this is all fun and games and stuff, but it doesn't really matter, man, right? You know what I mean? Like, it, it sort of just evens out. There's no guarantee the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. There's no guarantee the Yankees are going to win the World Series. Anything uh, can happen. And, man, this wild card picture is crazy. we got a big series coming up, actually, Babano, with the Toronto Blue Jays and the Baltimore Orioles. Who would have thought, Babano, that preseason football would have started and we'd say that the Baltimore Orioles are playing in a big series? <laughs> That's exactly Seriously, in August. Like, we'd say, well, I got big series with the Blue Jays in Baltimore. Yeah, big, big for what? A draft pick? Like, what are you talking about, big series? It is a big series. They're only two games back. No, they are. They just had a great, you know, five or six game win streak snap Baltimore today by the Pittsburgh Pirates. But I've been impressed that, look, they, they made some deals at the trade deadline that indicated, you know, there's they're still a very long term picture in mind when it comes to the Orioles. That's why they traded Trey Mancini uh, at the trade. Yeah, but deadline. They were smart not to trade and say, oh, we're in the wild card hunt. Let's trade for people. No, they're continuing no. to build while they win with the young players. 
And that's what they're intending to do, exactly. They didn't want to, you know, totally you know, throw the, wave the white flag on this season. No, they're clearly still contending for a wild card. But at the same time, they're not going to alter their long-term plan. And it's a long – they want to be good, you know, three years from now, five years from now. Uh, and the way they do that is keep building the farm system, keep bringing young prospects into the pipeline. And that's what Baltimore's doing. They're doing it the right way. And they've managed, even after the deadline, trading Mancini, you know, they're still getting timely hitting. Mount Castle and Urias has been great. Jorge Mateo is starting to hit. And uh, Adley Rutschman, the catcher's really stepped up. Cedric Mullins. I mean, they've still got some bats on this Orioles team. And the starting pitching, I think, has been what's been surprising. They've been able to hold it together with, you know, Kyle Bradish and Austin Voth and Jordan Lyles and Dean Kramers. And guys like that have been pitching well. Their bullpen has been shockingly very strong most of the season. So, you know, can they sustain this August into September? We'll see. You know, the t- schedule is going to get a lot tougher. We do have to remember they've played Pittsburgh. They've played Texas. They've played some weaker teams lately. They're going to play uh, Toronto a lot. They're going to play the Yankees a bit more. We're going to find out a lot more about Baltimore and whether they can maintain their status of hanging into this wild card race uh, into September because schedule is going to get difficult for them. Ian Cameron kick with us. Well, I'll tell you what. So it's it's Toronto and Baltimore on Monday. And um, the game is in Baltimore. And the Blue Jays are minus 154 favorites, uh, Babano. Baltimore, the most profitable team in baseball, as we know, specifically on the run line. Uh, You can get Baltimore on the run line at uh, plus one and a half, minus 122. It's amazing the public and the odds makers, like even you just said, well, we'll see if they can keep doing this. They have been doing it. That's the whole thing. They have been doing it, and they've been doing it for months now. It's, you know what I mean, Ben? It's not like, oh, you know, they went on a big streak or something. No, they've been pretty systematic about this, actually, for the last, like, three months playing great baseball uh, right now. I got to take the Baltimore Orioles in this spot, but bad no. Plus 130, or you can get them plus one and a half and minus 122. I don't yeah, trust Kikuchi. It, that, that's part of it. Now, has he been better in the two? Now, he made a couple mechanical adjustments. Remember, they sat him down after that woeful start he had, I think, right before the All-Star break and said, we, you need to figure it out. We need to figure out what's going on here and fix it. <laughs> and they sat him down. He made some mechanical adjustments. And I'll be honest, the two starts he's made since he made those mechanical adjustments, he's been a little bit better. There's no question. But he's still not eating up a ton of innings. That's a concern. He's not pitching deep into games. No, and listen, he's not the worst pitcher in the league or anything. He's just, he started to struggle. He lost his confidence a little bit. But I don't care who's really pitching on the other team, Babano, and who the the orders are playing. If I'm getting plus 130 with Baltimore, I have to take them. Like I said, they're the number one team in the league on the run line, right? I mean, that's all they do is make money, this team. That's a reasonable price. I think that might be the best way to play them, actually, tomorrow. Is if yeah, you're not minus so sure about the win. It's the plus one and a half for a little more security at minus 122. Uh, and the, for the Jays, it's a travel spot without a day off from Minnesota to Baltimore. If you watch the Jays-Twins game on Sunday, it was a back-and-forth game. They used a lot of the key arms out of the bullpen. Jordan Romano, the closer for the Jays, had to pitch multiple innings. A lot of their key relievers, high-leverage relievers, were in action on Sunday. That bullpen could be a little bit depleted for Toronto on Monday, which could be double trouble with Kikuchi on the mound because he just doesn't give you a lot of innings. You know, that's still the issue, even though he's pitched better the last couple. So I think definitely from a spot perspective, there's an advantage to Baltimore because they were at home against Pittsburgh, no travel, and a decent price. Ian Cameron kicking with us. I am Gabriel Morency. New York Mets, great week for the Mets. It was a big series, a five-game set. And, you know, listen, man, Atlanta's a good baseball team. And uh, New York, similar to Los Angeles, just sent the message, you know, this is our division. We're not giving it up. And they won They won four of five but, you know, I find it interesting. You know, we see it with the Dodgers all the time, and they get the Twins up next. And we've seen this with the Dodgers in the past, Babano, where they'll beat the Braves and then they'll lose to the Pirates, right? Or they'll beat San Diego and then they'll lose to the Rockies after. 
where like if the Dodgers are really up for a series against a team they don't like, like San Diego, San Francisco, Atlanta, I swear they've always lost the first game after that. And I've always said you can sort of catch the Dodgers as well against worst teams in game one of a series. They, they do it all the time, bro. They'll lose game one of a series, then they'll win eight games in a row. Then they'll lose game one of a series, then they'll win eight games in a row. Um, and, you know, you get the Mets coming off of this. Now, listen, I'm not saying I'm ready to take the Reds here, but Mets are big favorites here, nearly 3-1 to one right now. FanDuel will be minus 295 tomorrow night against the Reds. This is a tricky one because they are playing great. What a statement weekend series, as you mentioned, because Atlanta's nipping at their heels. They've closed the gap in the NL East, and then the Mets say, oh, no, you don't. Uh, this weekend with just a thoroughly impressive series capped off by a great start by the now returning returned Jake DeGrom to the uh, rotation. So uh, it's been impressive, this Mets team. And uh, I like what I'm seeing. They, you know, they added a bat. They added a couple of relievers at the uh, trade deadline, bolster the bullpen, especially. Uh, I like the way the lineup hit over the weekend. It was a good series for Lindor starting to really start to hit the ball well. Alonso had a nice series. Nimmo, the leadoff spot. No, a lot still. Jeff McNeil continues to hit. He's hitting over 300. No, it's a lot to like with the lineup. The starting pitching now is better with DeGrom back. Uh, that's a lot to like with the Mets. I don't love this spot for them. It's a tricky one because Cincinnati, are they good enough to take advantage? They did beat Milwaukee in extra These are the type of games that the big favorites can get caught. You know yep. what I mean? Coming off a big series. All right, well, more baseball. We're going to get some football, obviously, with Ian Cameron. Sunday, bloody Sunday. This is Sports Trade Series XM Channel 159 about here, 1090 ESPN Radio. Let's do this thing. Bring it. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Ramsey. Told you, man. It's, it's not a usual Sunday uh, this evening, <laughs> but uh, it's all good. Uh, the band will rejoin us in a couple of moments uh, here. We'll get into some football uh, as well. Talk a lot of baseball tonight, and rightfully so. As I stated earlier, it was a great weekend for baseball, and and baseball gets criticized often. Rob Manford says a lot of really stupid things all the time, and he brings it upon himself. So I, I, I totally get it, but. If you look at like just the the enthusiasm factor uh, right now, look at Cleveland. I know people in Cleveland didn't think they were going to be good, and Cleveland are battling for a you know for a playoff spot. You know the White Sox, even though the White Sox have underachieved, the White Sox are right there. We speak to uh, to Julio every week with our Windy City Sports Report, and uh, White Sox fans still believe that they can pull this thing off right now. You look at the enthusiasm level in in Seattle. Right, you look at what's going on in San Diego right now. Right, you look at what's going on in Los Angeles, and uh, you know the Dodgers just rolling here. We were talking about it earlier, though. Like it's World Series, your bust for the Dodgers, you know, and not nothing else really matters. Now we saw there's you probably saw on TV a lot of people wearing Vince Scully shirts, T-shirts, and stuff. For the record, the Dodgers weren't selling them. Like the Dodgers weren't selling Vince Scully stuff. It was um, the dudes on the street. In L.A., if you want, like, those cool T-shirts and stuff, like, that's where I got the Kobe shirt. I got the Kobe. I got my Kobe shirt, not from, like, the Lakers. I got a Kobe shirt from a dude outside on the street. (laughs) So the dudes dudes on the street, but I didn't see them. I didn't see any guys on the street. I saw them, but they were on the freeway type of deal, and we were going too fast. Psychos, like, standing in the middle of the (laughs) road. Late night anger management class, but ban We're going to talk some preseason football as well. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Gable Branzi, Sirius XM Channel 159, the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. Football is back, the preseason. Oh, we had one game, and now we got a full slate. Everybody plays uh, this week. It's a lighter card on Thursday, but bad. We've got two games on the board on Thursday with the New York Giants and the New England Patriots and the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens. Giants now minus two in Foxborough, total 33 and a half. Uh, we talked about the Ravens laying four against the Titans. Totals 31 and a half in that game. And then uh, we got a full slate of football on Friday, Babano. Yeah, we sure do. I mean, right now, for me, early in the week, like I said, with the Thursday games, it would be the Ravens and the Giants as of right now. I mean, the problem with New England preseason games is we don't get anything from Belichick plans and who's going to play and what's what and what they what they want to look at, what they want to improve on, the, and, and what's their goals in the preseason. Oh, he's weird, Babano. He might play his starters into the third quarter. He might not yeah. play them at all. You never know with this guy. Well, we'll find out closer to kickoff, but he's always been – like, he doesn't have, like, a – a textbook to it. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, no, no, Belichick never does that. He really does. Like, every game, every season is different with this guy in the preseason, how he approaches it. Yeah, it is. So, it's it's that's why. But it is a bet on, I think, a situation for the Giants. It's just a question of what you're going to get from New England in that game. You know, I'm kind of thinking Atlanta is probably maybe a decent look against Detroit. I mean, you're trying to see a team that had a miserable year last year. They're trying to be better. You know, you're going to see, obviously, guys that can run a little bit. And later in the game with Felipe Franks, Desmond Ritter, the rookie out of Cincinnati, is going to play a little bit uh, in this game. Detroit well, on the other. They moved Franks to, uh, to tight end. Yeah, He's working out at tight end, tight end now. Yeah. So that, that that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Detroit's got Boyle and Blau as their quarterbacks behind Jared Goff. But Atlanta might be a decent uh, look there. Again, this is just early in the week, initial leads. We've got to get the info still and find out who's playing and how long and all that stuff. Uh, remember, Cleveland-Jacksonville. Well, you got to tune into the show, dude. We we had uh, we had a guy that covers the Atlanta Falcons on. We spent like five minutes talking about Felipe Franks <laughs> converting to tight end and looking good, looking pretty good. That's good. They could uh, use doing it, it. You know, as a, in that kind of role. Uh, I know they got pits there, but still. Uh, but he's more of a hybrid. Yeah, he's not really their tight. He's more of a wide receiver anyways, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, J- remember, Cleveland-Jacksonville. Jacksonville played the Hall of Fame game, so they do have the game under their belt. Yeah. Sometimes people look at that as a situation that's bet on for the team that played the Hall of Fame game against the other team playing their first 
preseason game. So maybe we would consider Jacksonville. We'll see, but it's definitely an angle to keep an eye on. Uh, Green Bay is not usually a team typically I like betting on in the preseason. So we'll see if San Francisco's got interest. Jets might be a pretty good preseason team, though, uh, this year when I Interesting look at it. Interesting they're laying three, huh? Because they had such a good draft, so people think they're stacked. I think you're right about your take. And it's still early in the week, guys. The band will be with us on Wednesday. We're just kicking the tires, looking. Uh, That's all this is. Window yes. shopping. Yeah, we're just looking here. But I will tell you as well, all right, the Green Bay Packers' interest in preseason games is pretty minimal. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? You're right. Yeah. I think San Francisco could be a play here, dude. It could be. Uh, and then if you look towards Saturday, you know, one of these years, and there's a lot of money on the Colts against your uh, Bills in the first preseason game, and one of these years, Buffalo is going to be like, you know what, we've got Super Bowl aspirations this year. Do we really want to go balls to the wall in August? And every August, it doesn't seem to matter because they, every August, they seem to be a good straight up in ATS preseason. They're a pretty team. good preseason team, the Bills, yeah. They are, and I like their quarterback rotation because you got Case Keenum, the veteran now, and they brought Matt Barkley back who knows the system, knows the offense. And by the way, this offense ain't going to change much just because Brian Dable's gone. Ken Dorsey's going to have pretty much very similar playbook, very similar schemes uh, on offense compared to uh, Dable. So it's going to be an offense everybody knows. Barkley knows it. Barkley's probably going to get most of the playing time in this game, uh, I would think. So, you know, that's probably a plus for Buffalo. If anything, their offense is going to be more aggressive at battle this year, I think, with Dorsey. Yeah, it, it very well. It's possible you could see that. Seattle-Pittsburgh, interesting. Steelers, not necessarily that. I rushed a bet on them, and I may not. Again, Trubisky's looked awful, uh, apparently, in training camp. That's a real, real uh, frustrating uh, frustrating deal, certainly if you're the Steelers, seeing how poor it's been for Trubisky. Tomlin's a good preseason coach. The Steelers are a good preseason team. They always have been. Yeah, it's, it, that'll be interesting to see how, how that one did. They're three-point favorites right now against Seattle. Seattle, to me, remember Seattle and Pete Carroll? All those years, they were one of the best preseason teams to bet on, especially early in his tenure in Seattle. Not so much the last few years, so maybe that will be an advantage. And, of course, I've got to mention the Rams. The Rams are bet against or pass for me when it comes to the preseason. We know. We've seen it on display last year, two years ago. Sean McVay does not give a damn about preseason football. He'll rest everybody in certain games. We've seen it before multiple times from this L.A. Rams team with Sean McVay as head coach. So it's we fade the Rams until further notice or unless I see something that shockingly things change, which I don't expect. The Rams are one of those teams we've seen it on full display last couple of years. They're not interested in August preseason results. It's really that simple. I think you're bang on. I think that's a good take. Uh, right there, but I will disagree. Uh, that's why we say the views and opinions of our guests aren't mine. Like I don't endorse everything everybody says, but everyone's free to their opinion. Like, uh, yeah, I haven't heard about Trubisky being terrible. In fact, he's just been listed number one on the depth chart, right? Like he's he's winning the job. Um, Pickett is the one you know they should be more concerned about, right? That they drafted this kid in the first round, and he's not better than than Mason Rudolph. <laughs> like that's their problem. They took a kid that turns out really isn't better than their third string uh, quarterback. But yeah, I haven't heard uh, I've heard good things about Trubisky. I haven't heard that Trubisky struggling, Babano. Well, last week he was a little, uh, from some of the reports I was uh, seeing. Well, so what a report? Well, they haven't played a game yet, so like you, know I mean, I don't know what people would talk about with this. Well, that's right? the thing, and that's the thing too with Tua. Even like, like, I wouldn't Tua's... buy into any of that stuff, like about struggling in camp and all this. Like I, I, no one I, knows, I, bro. Take it, yeah, take it with a grain of salt. But the, on the flip side, from from a positive standpoint too, 
Tua, you know, everybody going on about the great throw to Tyreek Hill saying, oh, Tua's looking great in camp. Can we see him in a preseason game? Can we see him against Tampa Bay next Saturday? It's that kind or at least the the, the dress rehearsal game when oh, he's going to get the actually dress rehearsal, a lot of time. But, yeah. Well, he is 13 and eight as a starter, but better. he's in a third year in the NFL. He doesn't have anything to prove in a preseason, really. Yeah. Yeah, so you know you got you definitely have to be careful when you see these videos and these uh, you know just these comments from certain beat writers saying, "Oh, this guy looks really, really great in camp." I'd like to see some actual game action, you know, from some of these players before we get too carried away with the negative of their play or the positive of their play. Yeah, but unless you're there, how do you know Babano? Like, are you, you, like, just, you know what I mean? going off who the person that's writing the article. Or... Yeah, but like no beat guys ever really throw anything. It's just jackasses that make stuff up online that aren't even there. It's always people that aren't there or what, what it is. But battle is just the Internet. You spend too much time no, on source. Twitter. That's that's well, you know what? It's just yeah. whatever, dude. Like it'll sh- someone will show one pass, one this, one that and a video out there. And then everyone comments on it. Right. If they like the guy, oh, he sucks or he's good. Oh, look at it. Like, you know what I mean? Um, you know, if Tua throws a bad pass in practice and it's on video, people will flip out and, oh, he's terrible. He throws a great pass. Well, let's see him do it in a game. Uh, it's just, you know, it's stupid. I ignore it all. Like, I really, I really do. Like, unless, unless there's like, you know what I mean? Like, put it this way, Ben. Um, like, word is actually that uh, Sam Darnold is comfortably looking better than Baker Mayfield, right? Yep. But you know, I'm not saying this to Red Baker. I don't know. I'm not seeing the battle. All I'm saying is, you know, they're saying, no, Sam Darnold's hanging on to his job right now. He already knows the offense. And you know what I mean? Like, so Sam Darnold's looking crisp type thing. So, you know, I don't dismiss everything, but I don't play that game about, oh, he sucks and he's good and all this, all this other type of stuff. You know, like I said, the other report is that and it doesn't mean that the guy is good, but it could mean that he's better than the other guy. <laughs> right? So, you know what I mean? Like there's a word out of Seattle is Drew Locke's having a good camp. That yep. Drew Locke looks better than Geno Smith. Now, I'm not telling you guys, oh, Drew Locke's going to have a great year because he's having a great camp. No, I'm just saying that they're saying that if, as as it is right now, Drew Locke would be, the, you know what I mean? He's winning the battle in camp right now. So, I, you know, I don't dismiss all reports, but I don't play the, oh, he sucks or this or that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, exactly. Especially when you're talking about for a, a period of time. Yeah, know your source, but like you said, if it's a guy that covers the team for 22 years, you know what I mean? Put it this way. Like the guy, uh, we had uh, Daryl Orlando Ledbetter. He covers the Falcons. He's covered the Falcons forever. We said, how's camp going, Mariota? He goes, oh, Mariota's good, but he's having a hard time throwing deep balls, and there's an accuracy problem with long passes. <laughs> he was honest. And then you read Arthur Smith's comments, we need to do a better ball, a better job hitting a deep ball. All right, so that's real. Right, the coach said it. The guy covering the team forever said, "Yeah, they're having a trouble hitting a deep ball." And the coach says, "We need to do it." So that stuff is real, but the Twitter stuff with the videos drives me crazy. But listen, we only got a couple of more minutes left, uh, Bannon. We appreciate your time. Uh, I wanted to ask you about some CFL uh, football as well. Yeah, uh, one last thing too about preseason: the Jets' quarterback rotation. Watch out for it because after Wilson, it's Flacco and it's Mike White. And Mike White got significant playing time last year because of the injuries, and he played decent at times. And he's going to get a lot of the playing time in the preseason, Mike White. So the Jets might be in a good situation with their quarterbacks in uh, August. I think yeah, they they're one of those teams that should they 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 don't have the benefit of like not being good in the preseason. Like, you know what I mean? A marathon, it, it starts with the first steps. It's got to start uh, start at some point. Okay, um, so CFL football, uh, Babano. Uh, we went uh, we went five and three this week. Normally I play more. I didn't play side in total of every game. It ended up, uh, but it ended up with eight, eight picks. So I did this week actually 
uh, played a side in total. We ended up going five and three. We'll take it. We were three and one the week before, so that's a nice eight and four run. We're you know we're in a nice little CFL groove, and even though we've got NFL football preseason and college football now less than three weeks away, I'm enjoying making money in the CFL and is back on Thursday night. Montreal at Winnipeg, um, Alouettes at Blue Bombers. Friday we got a rematch of a battle. Uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats now two and six, bro. Uh, hosting the Toronto Argonauts, the BC Lions, six and one. But one thing with BC guys, you know, there's seven games. They played five home games, so their schedule is going to get tougher. They're in Calgary on Saturday, and uh, Rough Riders and Elks on Saturday. What's your early impression uh, of the uh, the CFL, and what do you think it is week? Uh, well, obviously for Montreal, Winnipeg, it's a rematch. There's actually two of the games this week, and Week Ten are rematches. Look. Winnipeg still won and covered against Montreal, and I'm I'm convinced Winnipeg played like their C minus game, like it wasn't even close to their best game. Montreal was hanging around, hanging around. Then Winnipeg woke up, and that was all that. You know, that's how good they were. Uh, I would think this is a situation where I have a hard time trusting Montreal uh, in the rematch, even though they lost last week. Things are just not going well there. I, I would go with Hamilton first half. We'll see what the line is Friday night. But they're, you know, trying to avenge losing to the Argos last week. They have good first half. Oh, they're like four and zero in the first half at home, right? They are perfect, and and that and that's the smart play. You deserve to lose if you have Hamilton full game these days. They cannot play a good second half of football again. Another second half where they imploded uh, against Toronto on Saturday night. So look at Hamilton first half there. I would. I'm I'm very tempted to take BC again. Uh, against Calgary because I think they're ready to go to Calgary and and show themselves to be uh, a legit contender for the Grey Cup. Nathan Rourke continues to astonish. The defense continues to play so much better than it did last year. And I'm still not loving what I'm seeing from Calgary. I know they beat Ottawa, one of my lo- our losses last week with the Red Blacks. But, you know, Bo Levi Mitchell still stunk in the game. I thought the offense didn't do much. It's just Ottawa's offense was inept uh, against Calgary. They're going to have to put up some points here with BC coming to town. I think the Lions can win that. And as far as Saskatchewan Edmonton goes, uh, Saskatchewan off a bye week, they should be getting healthier. They were struggling going into the bye. This is probably a good spot for them to beat down on somebody. And Edmonton looks like a good team to beat down right now. (laughs) <laughs> Ian Cameron, well said. <laughs> Good job uh, tonight. Uh, Babano, Ian Cameron, follow him on Twitter. At Babano, he'll be back with us on Wednesday night. We'll really get after it. It's always a crazy, uh, fun night on the Wigan Wednesday with the Regenerated. Cam Stewart as well. Thanks for stepping up uh, and in with us uh, tonight, Babano. Always a pleasure. All right, good as always, Gabe. Thanks. The late-night anger management class continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Late night anger management class. This is Portrait. I am Marenzi. Quickest 180 minutes in sports talk radio. Uh, shout out to our crew here. I think uh, the equipment's so hot, everything's melting uh, tonight. So a lot, a lot of work has been done behind the scenes. Uh, we appreciate everybody joining us uh, tonight in the late night hours. We'll be back uh, in our regular studio on uh, on Monday, God willing. Uh, right? You can never predict the future. Uh, but, um, you know, great time at Dodger Stadium on uh, Saturday night. Great time at Dodger Stadium on uh, Saturday night. And it was nice, actually, because... You know, there's all you know, people all, all you know often said, oh, whenever Morenci goes to a game, the team always loses, right? And yeah, there was a little bit of a run that I, I that I was on, but as I stated, you know what? No individual can be blamed for a team losing. They don't have much power being 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 in the stadium, but it is much more enjoyable. Put it this way, like when I've been on a game, when I'm at the game, I don't really, like, I'm not thinking, oh, this is great, I won money, this is awesome. I'm just not upset, at least. Like, last night I won, and I also bet the Dodgers to win the series as well, and I rarely take baseball overs, as you guys know, but I went over the number, I went over the 8.5 on Saturday night, and the game went over as well. So instead of just basically being mad, at least, you know, you fully enjoy the game. Right, you really enjoy the game experience and stuff like that. And it's like, oh yeah, and I won money. Right? It's not like you don't really think about the money, but when you're at a game and you're losing, you're like, God, this sucks, right? <laughs> you're like it's like, man, man, I spent two hundred dollars on a ticket, I'm losing money on a game. Like, you know, it's it, it can be brutal. There's nothing like it's a good feeling when you're at a game uh, and you win. You know, that's the thing. You know, when you're a host and, you know, all of us at the network, like I said, Kurtz got out to a game earlier this week. It's tough when you're a host, you're on every night, right? We talk about sports, but I'm not as, I'm not, I don't go to as many games as I would like to, actually. That's probably a good thing. Late night anger management class. Monday night meltdown. We'll see you. All right, thanks to, uh, to Babano, George Kurtz, and everybody else in between. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.